People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 447. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. It's our penultimate episode of the year. I can hardly believe it. I know. Another year gone. We're about to be we're about to be in the fifth season. Yeah. I hate that we do seasons. I wish you we never did it. that. Hate it. Why? Say, it makes you sound so official. Because what no, what the fuck? Seasons. What are we? A TV show? We're a podcast. <laughs> This is like I mean cereal does seasons. Yeah, so. we're not cereal. We're nothing <laughs> like cereal. Okay, you know what? We are almost kind of not really like cereal. All right? Wow. <laughs> but so here like I I just I find this shocking because we've been doing this for almost 5 years now and you're just now raising this grievance. No. Well, yes, but you just <laughs> raised season five, and that reminded me what I've been thinking about in recent weeks, actually. I wanted to complain about it here on the show. What if what if the first episode in 2019 were just like, hey, welcome to Millennial episode 230. Like, it's just, we reverted back to numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> that would be way too confusing. I, yeah, everybody would be like, what happened to the other 229 episodes I, I didn't get in my subscription? We've established a trend, and it's too late, and we can't change it. That would be hilarious, though. We just like don't address it at all. We're just like, <laughs> just feel episode 230. <laughs> and then we can drop the hashtag in our name because the other millennial doesn't run episodes anymore. Oh, that so yeah. we can take that title now. Oh, we should do that. Fuck it. Oh, is that is that why it's there? I thought it was meant to be ironic. It is a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I do wonder if that other millennial podcast didn't exist, would we have gone with just millennial without the hashtag? I- honestly, I do prefer the hashtag. It's grown on me. I like the tongue in cheekness of it. Hmm. We're mocking ourselves. What I was getting at with this being the penultimate episode of the year is that it is the holiday season. Are y'all getting in the Christmas spirit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I baked a fuckload of cookies. Well, let me correct myself. Pat baked a fuckload of cookies and I assisted. We baked like 200 cookies over the weekend. Jesus Christ, that's yeah. a lot of cookies. Are you going to eat them all? Well, uh, I'm gonna resist. No, we're gonna we're gonna give them to friends and family. I'll bring some home for Christmas. We'll we've had a couple, but he always bakes four different types of cookies. And I said, well, since it's my first year in this new condo, I think I should have cookies that are all mine. So we baked a fifth recipe as well, a double chocolate peppermint type of cookie, and we're actually gonna bake more next weekend as well. Cookies have quickly developed a place in my heart because last year, while we were decorating sugar cookies, we were watching the results come in from that race in Alabama when Jeff Sessions went to the White House. And it was that beautiful night where an Alabama seat flipped blue. Oh, yeah. Imagine what would have happened to your love of cookies if it had all gone south. Yeah. Well, would have been good for my waistline. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, you were like nearly murdered over the weekend. You were texting me. You were really nervous. Yeah. So um, 
as it does, my heat decided to fail in mid-December. Um, so I had to get a technician to come out and look at my furnace. Turned out it was no big deal. There was just a dirty sensor inside the furnace, which you as the consumer can't and should not mess with. And you should just have somebody come out and do maintenance on. But this guy just like came in my house, didn't say anything to me, went straight to the unit, was super weird, fucked around with it a little bit, kept getting up and going out the door and slamming the door super hard. And then when he finished it, he was like, yeah, looks good. Take care and walked out the entire time. I was like, well, if I get murdered, this is the guy that's going to do it. So I texted Andrew and was like, if I die, this is who murdered me. (laughs) I was nervous because we were supposed to record some landies. And I was like, well, fuck, who's going to record them with me? If Laura dies, I need to find a new person with the name with a name that starts with L. I mean, Pam could do it and you could just call them Pandies. Pandies. I like that. <laughs> or we could change Pamela's name to Lamela. But we did record a couple of Landies and we spoke about Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for Nintendo Switch that came out this weekend. I've also been playing Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Did did Mark buy this one too, Laura? He did. And I'm pretty sure he loves it. Do you, Are you playing it? No, I don't have a Switch. Did you play Pokemon as a kid? Uh, I mainly played the card game. Okay. I never, I actually didn't have any handheld gaming devices as a child. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was not privileged. (laughs) How about you, Pam? Did you play Pokemon as a kid? Yeah, we played uh, red and blue. I don't think I played anything past that. Okay. So Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. They are basically Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow remakes. Um, Of course, now it's in 3D and it's all HD and whatnot. Um, I gotta admit, like, I don't know. I I guess I enjoyed playing it as a kid, but playing it as an adult now, I'm just really not into it. The game is so repetitive. It's just capturing and battling over and over and over again, and it's turn-based. So I find the battles really boring, and I don't know. it, it, It... it disappoints me because I actually really enjoy Pokemon Go, the mobile game. Like, I love finding and capturing new Pokemon. But then Pokemon Let's Go, which is, like I said, just a remake of Red, Blue, and Yellow. I'm just underwhelmed. Meanwhile, Pat is completely obsessed with it. And it sounds like Mark is, too. I, I just want something more challenging. Yeah, but I think what most people were looking for in this game was the nostalgia factor, right? Yeah. It seemed like that was what all of the marketing was geared towards yeah that's true well the nostalgia isn't working on me i am enjoying smash bros though yeah i you know as i've said before i've never really sat down and played smash for any extended period of time i got my first chance to do that over the weekend and it was so fucking fun (laughs) i was getting real pissed off too Mm -hmm. like we were playing with some of our friends and they'd punch me off the stage and I was like, oh no, no, I'm going to up be that. Fuck you, motherfucker. I'm going to get back over there and kill you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you also- it was so much fun. Super Smash Bros. When it first came out, I think for Nintendo 64 was, it was a revelation. Oh my God. I can make Mario and Luigi fight each other? What the fuck? And I can make Mario fight Pikachu? Somebody from a completely different game. It was just like, wow, this is like so scandalous. And still today, it's just, it's so much fun. God bless Nintendo. 
Okay, well, we do have a lot to get to today, but first, a word from this week's sponsor. They are Policy Genius. This week's ad, I will also guess, um, is approved by Obama. Did you guys see Obama's message today? Yeah. God, he's so fucking cool. Isn't it <laughs> incredible how the previous president wants us to get health care, but the current president does not want us to get health care? I said this last year, too. Trump just wants to see Obamacare fail. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't encourage people to sign up during open enrollment. I know, but it gives me such joy to see Barack coming out into the world and being like, yeah, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to the orange menace. Listen to me, America's dad. <laughs> the voice of reason. <laughs> yeah. The one who wants you to be healthy and survive. The one who doesn't want you to die. Yeah. Yeah. What a low bar Trump can't even cross. Anyway, if you're looking for health insurance, you should check out Policy Genius. We've spoken about them before. We all need insurance for our home, our pets, our health, our cars, our life. Life insurance isn't the most enjoyable thing to think about, and most people don't like thinking about dying or even taking care of yourselves going to the doctor. In regards to health insurance, we don't love thinking about that or getting dental insurance either. Ew, dentist. That's been well documented here on the show. Um, But having these is really important, and it's a really good feeling. It's nice to know that if anything were to happen to you, you're going to be covered. Policy Genius is the way to quickly and easily compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you. It's a it's a beautiful and simple website that they have. I've been looking at Policy Genius to shop around for health insurance policies, and it was very easy to look at the different options and get directed to the right place. Policy Genius has helped over 4 million people shop for insurance, and they've placed over $20 billion in coverage. If you care about it, they can cover it. Like I've said before, life insurance is the one they've been really encouraging people to look into since most people don't think about it. So if you've been avoiding getting life insurance because it's difficult or confusing, give Policy Genius a try. Just go to policygenius.com, get your quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Listen to Obama. Go to policygenius.com right now. Find health insurance, find life insurance, and you will have peace of mind. Policy Genius is the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. All right, we have some emails from our listeners today. Isn't that right, Laura? That's true. The first one comes from Ashley. Ashley says, Hi, all. I'd like to share some comments in response to your discussion of genetically modified babies. While I agree with the premise that designer babies are a really bad idea, I can't help but think of how this technology could help families like mine. My one-year-old son was born with a congenital heart defect. It was diagnosed in utero. I would give anything and have paid any price to have been able to keep him from enduring open heart surgery at two weeks old, then spend six days on life support, uh, dealing with the subsequent opioid withdrawal from all the pain meds and sedatives and the lifetime of surgeries and procedures he will undoubtedly have especially since Republicans seem hell-bent on making sure insurance companies are allowed to deny or overcharge him for coverage. Just another perspective on this controversial issue, it's easy to joke about babies with superpowers, but for parents with medically complex kids, normalcy is a superpower our kids will never experience. 
Does the ethnic dubiousness of engineering blue eyes or a particular skin color outweigh the benefits of a world without certain diseases or conditions? I'm not sure what the answer is, but I've spent enough time in hospitals at this point to want to eliminate the suffering that goes on there. Thanks for the show. Mm, well, thank you, Ashley, for sharing that. That That is a great point. I think mm-hmm. when we spoke about it on the show last week, we were just trying to have um, put a unique spin on the discussion and have a little fun with it, even though it could provide some seriously incredible benefits. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, as I said as well last week, um, I am in favor of something like this as long as there's um, some pretty strict ethics guidelines attached to it. Obviously, Ashley's case is one where um, this kind of technology would be life-changing and is worth looking into. But then when you look at other cases, such as the doctor who used the CRISPR technology and did not adhere to any kind of ethics guidelines, um, you see children that were sort of experimented on, and now we don't really know what the effects are going to be. And he very well could have opened a Pandora's box of other unforeseen uh, adverse health effects. So I think that's why it's important that we pump the brakes on it and just approach this with very careful consideration. Amy adds to that, I have been torn on the designer baby gene editing thing too. I definitely think ethic laws would be essential. I had to have my baby using in vitro fertilization using an egg donor because I have ovarian failure and don't produce any eggs at all. The thing that I am excited about is that the method they use to gene edit might be something they can do to already living people and not fetuses in the womb slash petri dish. This would provide options for me to have babies that are actually genetically mine if I wanted to. That advancement is something that is sort of exciting to me. Absolutely. I'm excited for you just reading that. Yeah. Again, another point very well taken. Now for a confessional. Pam, do you want to take this one? Sure. This one reads, I'm so embarrassed to be writing this to you all, but I just have to get it out to someone. Every week as I'm listening to you all, I get so jealous that apparently you all have really active sex lives. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm married and I've been for six years. In the beginning, we had sex often. I fully understand that things can fizzle a bit over time, but now our sex life is quite literally non-existent. This is not my doing. I love sex, but my husband seems completely uninterested. I don't feel like I've changed much physically since we've been married, and we're both still in our 20s, so it's not like we're getting too old for it. I don't know if he just isn't interested in me anymore or if there are other issues. When we talk about it, he says he'll try to be better, but nothing ever changes. It's me... It's making me start to be very resentful of him. I don't want to sound like some sex-crazed fiend. It's not like I'm asking for daily sex. We literally haven't had sex in 2018. That's how bad it is. I just don't know what to do anymore. I'm very shocked by this couple being in their 20s. That's actually the part that surprises me the most. I mean, our 20s are are part of our sexual peak, I think. I wonder how long they've been together before they got married because I knew I know somebody that married their high school sweetheart and they went through a rough patch in terms of their sex lives and their solution was to um I think they decided they were going to have sex uh, like a certain amount of times throughout the week or maybe it was like 2 weeks where they were going to have sex every day and 
that's kind of how they decided to rekindle their relationship because it was just so easy to be comfortable with one another because they've been together since they were like 14 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first thing you need to try and do, and I know it's hard because you're presumably a human being who exists in 2018 and sex is everywhere being thrown in your face from all directions via the media. Um, And of course, like this form of media, podcasting, social media, and God knows what else. But you have to try really hard not to compare your relationship to anyone else's relationship, because that's not going to do you any good. And all it's going to do is add on to the pressure that you're already feeling. I agree with you that not having sex for an entire year is reflective of an issue that needs to be addressed. It sounds like you've tried having this conversation before, but that maybe he's not hearing you. Um, So if I were you at this point, I would be interested in pursuing um, therapy options just to sort of get that third perspective from an unbiased party in the mix to maybe try and help you both understand better where the other one's coming from. And that person could also probably help you come up with some strategies to get around this. Um, also, it's possible that he might have something going on, um, you know, personally, like, has he had any losses this year? Has he had a change in jobs? Might he be depressed? Like, there are so many different things that could potentially be impacting this. And chances are they have absolutely nothing to do with you. Right. Is he gay now? (laughs) Maybe he's just Um, not interested in sex anymore. Go ahead, Pam. Well, I was going to say, no, that this person said, made it a point to mention that they have not changed physically, but I don't think they mentioned if their partner had. And sometimes it's just as easy as reminding that person that regardless of you know, whether they have physically changed, you're still totally into them. Because especially if it's like a guy, I feel like it's like more programmed in society for guys to compliment girls, but it's not really something that we think to do the other way around. But that's equally as important. How about this? Why don't you just have sex with them? Just just try and see what happens. Don't ask. Don't be like, hey, let's have more sex in the future, please. Pull them into the bedroom and be, you know, just start making out with them and see where that leads. That's <laughs> when I want to have sex. That's basically what I do. I don't I'm not like, hey, so why don't we head over to the bedroom over there and go have sex? You know, you just kind of like lead the person in there or surprise them in some way. Be in there naked when they get out of the shower, you know, stuff like that. I I would it. It doesn't sound like you are trying to actually initiate it, per se. And maybe you should try initiating it. Or maybe they have and they're just tired of getting rejected. Yeah. But if that's the case, then there is a big problem here. And that's when I would definitely go into counseling. But first, I would try to initiate sex. I mean, if he says he's going to try, but then is turning you down, like that doesn't make sense. So... Good luck. Let us know. Keep us posted. We love getting follow-ups when we offer some advice. Mm-hmm. So um, speaking of our listeners, we also made an AP Choice post over at patreon.com slash millennial. This post was for supporters at our Facebook official level. Learned last week that Tumblr is going to be getting rid of porn. Did you two hear about this? 
Oh, yeah. I did. R.I.P. It's very shocking. <laughs> um, Tumblr is well known for porn. That's where a lot of people watch porn. I think Pat watches porn on Tumblr. That's how he gets porn. So they made this big decision. A lot of people think that Tumblr is going to struggle to survive without porn, which is kind of, kind of, uh, it's a crazy thought. But Tumblr has slumped in popularity in recent years. We're wondering if Tumblr can survive without porn. I personally don't think so. But we asked over on, over on Patreon, where do you get your porn and, and can Tumblr survive without it? Um, first of all, Jared said he gets his porn from Pornhub, free, no download, and wide variety. Very inclusive for all proclivities, ladies. Oh, I know. <laughs> and Sean says, yes, I have used Tumblr for porn, not exclusively, but I found some pretty good porn blogs there that I visit regularly. I guess I'll just have to go back to Pornhub and Xtube after this. He goes on to say, personally, I think this will hurt Tumblr in the long run. A lot of blogs I follow will likely be deleted because they have adult content on them. I think this is also a bad thing because lots of people share artwork on Tumblr that they create. With this new band, some people won't be able to share their artwork if it has anything that the Tumblr staff deems to be sensitive material. And Tumblr has started rolling out a new system to detect porn. And there's they're getting a lot of uh, false positives on there they are uh taking down things that shouldn't actually be taken down do you do you two think that tumblr can survive without porn not as a creative space because i think you hit the nail on the head with the um with the artwork like just the fandom aspect and even like the shipping aspect which is such a huge part of a multitude of fandom so many people go to tumblr because it's a safe space for them to share their work with like-minded individuals and if there's no space for that, then why would those people say? Yeah. I have a friend who used to post nudes of himself on Tumblr. I feel really bad for him. Now his precious blog is going to go away. And where are people going to find his nudes now? What was the purpose of him posting his nudes? I think for fun. Okay. I mean, do you? Yeah. Bit of an <laughs> exhibitionist. Sean mentioned Xtube. I've used Xtube. I'll also BitTorrent porn. It's really bad. <laughs> really bad. Andrew's like, Andrew's like, I will provide a full list of my sources in the show notes. <laughs> I have one source for my gay porn. <laughs> a single one. Funnily enough, I got it from ex-co-host Matt. <laughs> Been using it ever since. And I collect the porn. It's, it's really awful. Like, I can't bring myself to delete it. I just like having this collection. And I have a disgusting amount of porn on this computer and and me saying this is ex is exactly what that one listener was concerned about <laughs> when she you said know, i feel so bad for pat when he talks about stuff like this well pat knows <laughs> i mean you know andrew you can also find porn on reddit and then save it so your list of stuff is just in your account but is it full HD videos? Probably not. Yeah, see, I got full HD over here. <laughs> <laughs> what? How do you two watch porn? Don't be afraid to talk about it. I'm not really into it very much. But when I've been in relationships where my exes have been, I think Pornhub is the main one that everybody kind of uses. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, that kind of tends to be the default. 
choice yeah. for sure. Pornhub. Oh, I am really paranoid about like pop-ups and accidentally contracting, you know, viruses on computers and stuff like that. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say an STD. I was like, <laughs> yeah, straight from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I never got into Pornhub. It was usually just XTube. Here's a uh, title of a video at the top of Pornhub right now. My wife loves the two dicks inside of her. <laughs> That's just poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Get straight to the point. I appreciate that there's no clickbait involved. Right. <laughs> I don't I don't really go on XTube too much, but there's this one channel that I check in on on from time to time. It's this guy who now this is extremely dangerous and I don't endorse this at all, but he invites over these anonymous people to just come in his front door, fuck them, and then leave. And it's just so fascinating to me. It's so dangerous too. It's bareback. No no condom. And I'm just like, wow, this person just walked in, fucked this guy really quick, and then left. And the videos are also entertaining because like sometimes the guy will just like fuck the stranger for literally 30 seconds and be finished and <laughs> walk out. Jesus, that's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh and then the bottom will like squirt out the cum. It's really disgusting. All right. Well. Well, thanks to our patrons for participating <laughs> in that question. And rip Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, just in case you need to get fresh after you get dirty, we wanted <laughs> we wanted to take a brief moment here to talk about one of our sponsors, their Scent Bird, a luxury perfume subscription service, and they keep me smelling so freaking good, and I get all the compliments everywhere I go. For my scent, I chose Juicy Couture's Viva La Juicy Noir, and the other day at breakfast, our server remarked that someone at the table smelled really good, and I tried to be diplomatic and suggest that maybe it was Mark... But our server gave me this bitch please look and said, uh, no, it's definitely you. Scentbird has 450 designer brands and you can choose one every month. These are the real deal. So try exactly the brands you want. Just choose a perfume or cologne and they'll send you a 30-day supply. That's 120 sprays, so you'll always smell amazing. Shipping is always free, so you can skip that along with the department store and pushy salespeople. Pam, I know you've been using Scentbird. How's that been working out for you? I have. And like you, I've been getting mad compliments from strangers, which is really flattering. Uh, specifically, whenever I wear the uh, scent Pinrose Wildchild, the Pinrose is the brand and Wildchild is the name of the scent. It's actually very springy. So it smells a lot like gardenia and it's sweet, but not too sweet. And I noticed that every time I step out of the house wearing that, everybody's like, you smell really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Scentbird. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why we definitely recommend Scentbird.com. That's S-C-E-N-T-B-I-R-D.com. With this exclusive offer, you'll get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first perfume or cologne. For 50% off your first month, text 246810 with code M-I-L-L. Text code M-I-L-L to 246810 to get 50% off your first month using Scentbird. 246810 and text code M-I-L-L. Sign on. Smell great. Ooh, love that tagline. 
Mm-hmm. I used a uh, scent bird last week while giving a presentation, and I felt oh, yeah? confident. Yeah, while doing it. So on to some news now. I'm on a sex kick this week. I'm sorry. I, I teased this last episode, so we have to talk about it this week. It's it's really interesting. Um, there's this trend that's been going on called cyber flashing. And like I said last week, this is where a stranger will airdrop you, if you have an iPhone, a picture of their dick while they're near you. Has Has this happened to either of you? No, no, because Good. I don't have my airdrop turned on for anyone. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so even I could not flash you a dick pic. It sounds uh, like. you could because I have it on for my contacts. Okay, <laughs> and by default, it is on for your contacts, <clears throat> only your contacts. So how this works is. It's a it's a feature exclusively on Apple phones that is supposed to make it easy to send pictures, documents, etc., from one phone to another. It's it's it is easier than texting because if you do airdrop a photo, it'll be transferred right into your Photos app and it'll open up there for you. So it's just a lot more convenient and it's not it's instant. It's not as slow as texting photos is. But anyway, um, it, it's cyber flashing has grown out of control especially in large cities like New York and Toronto, where creeps are regularly sending their pornographic pics to their fellow commuters or subway riders. In fact, this technology-enabled form of sexual harassment has become so common that last Wednesday, the New York City Council introduced the legislation explicitly making cyber-flashing a crime, punishable by a $1,000 fine or up to a year in jail. So it comes down to Apple... Like I said, and as Laura has on her phone, by default, you can only send and receive to contacts in your phone. However, you can open AirDrop up to everyone. And I guess a lot of people end up doing this because they might be at work with somebody, let's say, and they don't have that person's number in their contacts. So they just open up AirDrop to everybody. I think a lot of people end up doing this because sometimes I'll be out and about and I happen to open up AirDrop for some reason and I'll see a bunch of different phones. And with so many Apple devices out there, it's just inevitable that some people are, that a lot of people are doing this. Um, and here's the stupid thing. And this is maybe what Apple needs to change in a future operating system. If your AirDrop is open to ev- anyone, somebody can AirDrop you a photo and that photo just pops up with no warning whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that is why this flashing trend has come about. So what Apple needs to do is not throw that picture in your face <laughs> when a request comes in. Yeah, I don't see why they couldn't implement a pop-up to appear saying, hey, somebody who's not in your contacts is trying to send you a picture. Do you want to accept this? Yes or no? Yeah. So at least you're then given the option to be like, mm, I don't want that dick. Yeah. Oh, a stranger trying to send me a photo? This can't end well. I'm going to right. decline this request. <laughs> um, so people have actually been split on this matter. Some of those interviewed in this New York Times story said that when they were targeted with dick pics, they felt like um, they had just been punched in the gut. Rightfully so. And then others said that when it happened to them, they thought it was funny and that it felt more like a gag or a prank than actual harassment. 
But I'm on the side of people who are feeling like they've been punched in the gut or another person who said that they were utterly disgusted. I mean, that is a very personal thing to be showing up on your phone unwanted. How would you two react if this happened to you? Would you take it seriously or laugh it off? I'd roll my eyes. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I would never think to go to the authorities to say, hey, Mm -mm. somebody just like dropped a dick into my phone. (laughs) But I would feel um, a little bit like my privacy was violated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, you can't like, as it stands right now, if somebody grabs your ass when you're out walking around in public, you probably don't go to the police either. Because what are you going to say? Like, or like wolf whistling, you know, I feel like women are just programmed to take so much, even though we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But, but I mean, at least in this case, you have evidence. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And I guess they could trace it pretty easily. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you have their fucking phone number, or email Mm -hmm. address. I think the most creepy part about it is that you know that person is nearby and they don't necessarily know which phone they sent it to. So I'm just imagining a scenario on like a train and they're just looking around to see who's like reacting to suddenly getting a dick. Yeah, see, that would trigger my anxiety because I, I would never think that they were just like not soliciting me particularly or just like anybody that would open it you know yeah i would just feel like it was a direct attack and and yeah i would feel really anxious because i wouldn't know who it was yeah i agree um how do you two feel about new york city criminalizing it do you think it's the right move yeah Mm -hmm. it is a form of harassment and we could certainly have a discussion about degrees of harassment and where this ranks there but at the end of the day it is sexual harassment and you should have to pay a fine for doing that i mean a year of prison time i can't actually imagine anybody truly spending that i feel like they would either pay the fine or um get it dismissed by a judge for doing something like community service but there should definitely be a penalty involved mm-hmm. i'm also thinking about kids accidentally mm-hmm. receiving these Oh, that's a good point. I wonder if the charge goes up then, because it's tra- isn't it technically? Yeah, that's exposing child. yourself to a minor. Yeah, Ooh, it's like pedo- yeah. pedophilia. Yeah. Oh man, people are just really, really stupid. But I would, I mean, I would, I would shake my head, but I would also be like, oh, good, I have a story to tell on millennial. Somebody tried to send me a dick pic on the train. I'm yeah. sure it would be funny later, but yeah, at the time, it'd be a little terrifying. Here's a weird train story. I don't think I've spoken about this on the show before. So I'm riding somewhere here in the Chicago with Pat, and they have a great train system here. I love it. And I really haven't had many weird uh, stories from the train. But a few months ago, we're sitting there, and this homeless guy comes on the train. And he just starts pulling down advertising with women on it. And he start, he's specifically, he's ripping the women off of the ads and collecting them. And my initial reaction was, oh, does he hate women? He's just ripping the women from the ads because he doesn't want to see them. You know, these are the ads that go along the top of the train. No, he doesn't hate women. He loves them. He collects like four or five women 
walks to the end of the train car and starts masturbating oh, to these my women. God. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. I was, oh my God. I was like, holy fuck. And I was laughing because I was just like, wow, I thought he hated women, couldn't bear the sight of them. But no, he just, he, just, he went to, he was collecting them to go jerk it. There was this little like wall where he could do it without his dick being in view, but it was very clear what he was doing. And oh my God. Oh my God. You know, at least he attempted to be discreet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> was it a pretty empty train? I would say yes, because I'm kind of on the north side of Chicago, and so people starting here and going into the city, there aren't many, especially like at the end of the day. So yeah, it wasn't too busy on the train, but I mean, there were definitely people besides us in the train car. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. Anyway... So uh, here's something else that we can be up in arms about. Last week, a Lion Air crash uh, off the coast of Indonesia left 189 people on board dead. And the aircraft was actually a Boeing 737 MAX. It's the latest in the manufacturer's popular 737 line. So ever since this happened, Boeing has been conducting its own investigation into the crash, uh, but they haven't released their full findings yet. They have, however, released preliminary findings, which includes a pretty shocking bit of information. So it turns out this jet's flight monitoring system is prone to misreading or miscalculating flight data, and the glitch causes the plane to abruptly go into a nosedive if it happens, which is absolutely horrifying. Uh, This is what appears to have happened to the Lion Air jet that killed almost 200 people. One minute it was flying normally, and the next it was plummeting towards the ground at 600 miles per hour because of the glitch in the monitoring system. So the good news for future flights is that Boeing has sent all of its 737 MAX operators instructions on how to control the plane if this ever happens on another flight. And the company also assures that as long as the protocols are followed, pilots should be able to regain control with no problem. Although should is the key word there. So that's kind of scary, too. Currently, uh, these aircrafts are predominantly used on transatlantic routes and only uh, 219 are in circulation, but over 4,700 are on order worldwide, including um, for domestic flights over here. So I'm sure you guys are wondering which airline services use these planes, and we have a list of those as well. So here are those airlines in order of most purchased. Uh, First is Southwest, next is Air Canada, then American, then Lion Air, and then Norwegian Air. Great. I know, right? Great. I fly Southwest almost exclusively. <laughs> this is awesome. Bye. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm a nervous flyer, but I feel like this makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. I'll Does tell it make you what. You, if like, more I get anxious? on a plane, yeah, and they're like, "Welcome to our 737 Max," I'll be like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna GTFO? Yeah. You know, um, we should get rid of autopilot so i've been reading Mm -hmm. into this and part of the reason is that this plane was on autopilot and a lot of planes do this now there are two pilots in the cockpit let's keep them busy by keeping their hands on the wheel and the other instruments in the cockpit they should be the ones flying i don't trust these robots to be flying the plane for me now these autopilot planes the pilots can always take over and and that was the case here. They could have taken over, but uh, they didn't know what was going on or it, it was too late. 
I just I don't trust autopilot and I think that needs to go. That's actually a really good point because my stepmom is a part-time flight attendant now and we were talking about her job the last time I had dinner with her and I mentioned something about, you know, pilots and she goes, oh, no, she's like, they do nothing. They're mainly there for, you know, uh, to be figureheads, but it's so easy that I could do it. Oh, and she's not a trained flyer. Like, that's how easy these auto pilot systems are. She's like, I could tell you exactly what buttons to push. Hmm. Wait, so do do the autopilot systems handle takeoffs and landings too? I'm not sure. We actually didn't get into that, but I thought it was pretty terrifying for her to say it's so easy I could do it. <laughs> she's only been an airline attendant for uh, not even a year. Mm. I mean, she's a smart lady, but also it's... That <laughs> doesn't really make me feel better about getting on a plane. Right. I'm, right. I'm reading that the pilot will handle takeoff and then initiate the autopilot to take over for most of the flight. I don't like that. Why do we need that? Who Why? Who needs that? That should be a backup in case the two pilots die for whatever reason while flying. <laughs> I mean, we or have... like if someone has to go shit or something. Yeah. We have yeah. two pilots in case one of them... God forbid something happens to them on board. So that autopilot should be the third pilot. <clears throat> Good point. Uh, well, I fly United, so I'm glad that United didn't buy any of these planes. <laughs> and I fly JetBlue, so I think I'm safe for now. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, I think all these planes should be halted until they figure out what exactly went wrong. These, mm. these planes are going to continue flying. Yeah, no, I don't want a patch, right? Right. <laughs> like, I don't right, want the FAA's right. patch. I want it to just not happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that I'll now be thinking about every time I'm on a plane. Yep. Along with uh, Elisa's old story about planes going down. I'll bring some porn with me. Maybe that'll soothe me. <laughs> that'll help. <laughs> that'll go over well. Air drop some dicks on board. Andrew's dick took down this plane. <laughs> I airdrop it to the pilot accidentally. He gets distracted. <laughs> and that's what causes the crash. He's <laughs> so overcome by what he sees. <laughs> well, if you want something even more disturbing to think about, we do have a hidden from the headlines story. In this story, uh, the U.S. State Department has confirmed reports of mass internment camps in China for Muslims. Now Beijing is facing mounting international criticism over its policies in Xinjiang, a far western territory of China, where the State Department officials estimate um, that between 800,000 and 1 million Muslims have been detained in a network of concentration camps. The camps represent China's increasing authoritarian rule as the Communist Party has been on a campaign in recent years to stomp out any and all belief systems that butt heads with communist ideals, including religious belief systems. Mm. Now, Christians, primary Catholics, have also been targeted, but the vast majority of the camps are for detaining Muslims. This is probably because there's a long history of Muslims being oppressed in this region of China. The Muslims in question, 
are specifically Uyghur Muslims who are ethnically Turkish or Kazakh. Um, and this is a group, uh, an ethnic minority in China that has never been considered to be true Chinese, despite them having lived there for centuries. About 11 million of these Uyghur Muslims live in this region of China. And with more camps being built as we speak, there is a fear that all 11 million will eventually be interred or worse. Wow. Yeah. It's it's pretty fucking horrifying. China insists that these people are simply being given, quote, free vocational training to help them become skilled laborers. And that um, it also helps China because this province faces a lot of terrorism. So they're doing this to keep the region safe. Oh. This gives me such throwback vibes to the Japanese internment camps. Mm-hmm. after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the first <laughs> thing I thought of, too. Yeah. Because that's local history for us up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not, it wasn't right then. It's never been right. And it's horrifying that it's still happening. Yeah. That is the most disturbing thing. How could people still think this way? It It really goes to show what people will sacrifice in the name of being quote unquote safe, right? Like how many people will buy into this idea that, well, (laughs) we have a lot of problems with this group of people. So just until we figure out what's going on, let's put them all in camps. Right. It's like we have a few pretty big events (laughs) from the course of human history that should tell us that that's a terrible idea. One of which being the Holocaust, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the world's not doing much about this yet. Um, however, these reports were only just substantiated in the past two weeks. Um, there's talk the United Nations uh, might be calling for a convention to address this crisis. But ultimately, we don't think China will respond to any reprimands. We've seen examples of China not reacting to any reprimands from the EU in the past, especially when it comes to um, like Sudan. Uh, If anyone remembers uh, the genocide that was being pretty heavily covered there in the the early to mid 2000s, China had huge oil stocks in Sudan and the UN – was reprimanding them for that because they were funneling money to the Sudanese government who were killing all these people. And China just refused to comply because they don't care. Um, So really, I think they're only going to respond to economic self-interest. And since the U.S. is their biggest trading partner, we need to be able to leverage that um, if we give any shits at all about a potential Holocaust unfolding before us. Mm. So I know that's hard because so many of the goods that we buy in this country are from China. Um, So it's unrealistic to tell people at home, just don't buy anything from China. But a good place to start might be to avoid buying items that are obviously advertised as being made in China. Like proudly on the side of it? Yeah. Like, have you ever seen the stuff that has the stickers on it or like it'll be printed on the bottom like made in china yeah yeah is that like a rule do they have to do that because i feel like that doesn't really it's not much of a selling point in america these days no i don't think they have to do it i think i mean sometimes if it's it's like if the technology is made in america they just have like 
they can get away with not saying it's made in China. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of uh, Apple like parts, I think, are made in uh, overseas in China, but mm-hmm. it's put together here. So, so yeah. I won't be buying any more Trump products. Yeah, right. no, no you can definitely. <laughs> you can kill two birds with one stone on that one. <laughs> um. I mean, what scares me about this is that this is a foreign policy issue, which ultimately means that President Trump has most of the authority here. Yeah. Um, As per usual, I wouldn't trust him to find his own ass with a search warrant. So I don't trust him to do anything of substance here. What we can do, though, is we can put pressure on our representatives to then put pressure on the office of the president. So definitely recommend going to house.gov, senate.gov, finding out who your representatives are and reaching out to them about this. I know we've made this recommendation in the past, but you can also write an editorial to your local paper. They love shit like this. So your chances of getting published are actually pretty high. That would be fun and so old school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if I wanted to buy shoes that weren't made in China, what would I do about that? Oh my God. I'm so glad you asked about that because we wanted to chat quickly about one of our sponsors, Rothy's. They're the company that's making insanely comfortable and stylish flats from recycled plastic water bottles. I've had my Rothy's for a few months now, and they are definitely one of my wardrobe go-tos. Rothy's is the everyday flat for life on the go. It's stylish and classic and comes in four styles, the flat, the point, the loafer, and the sneaker for women and girls. The color and pattern selection is amazing, and they're constantly updating colors and patterns because they sell out so quick. These are also royal approved. Meghan Markle slipped on her Rothy's on her recent Australian tour with Prince Harry, and they've been flying off the shelves ever since. And it'll blow your mind that they're made from recycled plastic water bottles because they're the softest shoe you'll put on your feet. You can feel good about these because Rothy's has already recycled almost 20 million plastic bottles making these shoes. And for an added bonus, these are machine washable and come out of the washer always looking brand spanking new. I love my Rothy's and I know you will too. Right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for our listeners. Use code M-I-L-L to get free shipping with no minimum purchase. You'll also get free returns and exchanges on your shoes, but trust me, you won't want to return them. Go to rothys.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com, and enter code M-I-L-L to get your new favorite flats and free shipping. It's a no-brainer. These shoes are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable. Go get yourself a pair today. Rothys.com, promo code M-I-L-L. Get this deal while it lasts. Did you freak out, Pam, when you learned that royalty had Rothys? You know what? I felt like I was ahead of the trend because <laughs> I've been rocking the Rothys for months. There you go. Oh, <laughs> they're so great. They're so comfortable. Okay, it's time now for... Surprise! Surprise! Surprise, bitch! And today we're going to call Rachel. Hello? Rachel, surprise, bitch. It's Millennial. I am so excited. I missed my call like a bunch of seasons ago and I saw no (laughs) caller ID. 
Oh my God. Hi. Oh my God. This is fate. What seasons? It is fate. We, we don't. How do you feel about millennial doing seasons? Uh, I, I, I mean, it's pretty normal for most forms of media to do seasons. So ha! I'm cool with it. See? <laughs> mm, I still disagree. Anyway, Rachel, tell us about okay, yourself. Well, Where do you live? What do you do? Um, I live in Michigan. Um, and I am in grad school right now, studying for finals, actually. I'm doing the PhD thing like Elisa, so that makes me a cool kid, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um, what what are you so, what are yeah. you studying? Pharmacology. Ooh. Yeah, so I get to learn about drugs all the time. I'm actually memorizing a list of drugs right now. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of drugs? Uh beta blockers, which are meant to uh let me let me test myself right now um, <laughs> uh beta one blockers will cause a reduction in heart um constriction and force and beta two blockers will cause a reduction in relaxation of smooth muscle so they will constrict smooth muscle no so there you go. i'm sorry that was all wrong <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Is Bayer a beta blocker? I could not tell you, honestly. Okay. Because I feel like, don't they recommend that people with heart problems take Bayer every day? Is that a baby aspirin thing? Is that what you're talking about? It's an aspirin, yeah. It's just an aspirin. I, I honestly don't know. I know my grandma's on aspirin because of that, but I don't, oh, okay. I couldn't tell you. I'm not right. that cool. I'm I'm just a first year, so <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I mean, do you do you have like can you write prescriptions? No, so pharmacists and pharmacologists are often confused. Ah. Um, so pharmacists are people who would be able to like well, I don't know if they can write prescriptions, but I know that they are able to give you the prescription. A pharmacologist is the person that's like designing the drugs and making the drugs and stuff like that. Mm, gotcha. What are you planning on doing with this degree? I am honestly not a hundred percent sure what I want to do, but I still have, like I said, I, this is my first semester. So I have a lot of time to figure it out, but I'm kind of leaning towards going into industry. So I would be like actually working for a drug company and designing drugs. But then again, uh, they can be very greedy and not about, um, the health of actual people. They just kind of want to make money. So oh, <laughs> I don't know. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. an ethical dilemma. What if you could create a drug to treat any condition that is currently untreated, what would you create? Ooh, untreated. I don't know if there's anything that's untreated. Well, I guess personally, I would love there to be something that specifically targets endometriosis because that is something that I suffer from. Ah. And I don't think there's, there's not really anything that's specifically for endometriosis. They're usually just like, go on birth control. And then you won't have symptoms anymore. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, right. So what big. they provide you is a Band-Aid solution and not an actual cure. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that would be neat. <laughs> so you, you I'm would... sure there's better answers. Like right now, the lab that I work in does cancer research, and I'm sure that would be really helpful too. But I mean, there's therapies for that as opposed to like something that doesn't have a therapy. So hmm. that's all. <laughs> so you live in Michigan right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Ann Arbor at University of Michigan, so that's fun. <laughs> do, you, do you like the Midwest? Yeah, I, I lived in Grand Rapids up until I moved here, so I'm very familiar with the Midwest. I think, didn't you go to Grand Rapids recently, Andrew? No. 
No, I feel no. like somebody did. Oh well, I said maybe this is somebody. I oh, said you went to like a wedding. Oh yes, that yeah. I thought you were talking about the, the guy I ran though. the Harry Potter fan site with, and he lives over in Michigan. Maybe I thought. Oh but, okay, okay. Yeah, I went to I went over to Michigan. It was some small town. I can't remember what the hell it was, but um, it okay, was that's fair. So never mind. <laughs> Not quite the same. No but offense. You're in Michigan, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking earlier about digital flashing. This is the phenomena of uh, somebody airdropping a dick pic to you, unwanted. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. If so, if that happened to you, would you laugh or would you be repulsed and like feel like you were harassed? Um. I well, obviously, by my reaction, I probably would laugh. <laughs> uh, because, because <laughs> I mean, it's pretty funny, but also yeah. it's not appropriate to just be sending that to people. So right. I, I understand why people would feel harassed, but I would also just be kind of like, "Lol, a dick." <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right. It's a dick. Dicks are funny. All right. Well, on on that note about dicks, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for for your support and good luck with your degree. Oh, Oh, also, I'm vaccinated to throw it back. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) We're happy to hear that. I I still need to get my flu shot for this year. Oh, Oh, no. I had to get my flu shot or else they would kick me out of the lab. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, yeah like i have a sticker on my id that says i got my flu shot so go nice. do it <laughs> nice i will do it all right all right perfect. have a good night rachel <laughs> thank you for yeah, your you support you guys. Bye. oh thank you too for just being awesome oh bye Shucks. <laughs> <laughs> she was funny andrew i'm really disappointed that you haven't had your flu shot yet yeah. What with all of our emphasis on the importance of vaccinations I on the show. I know. It's just something I keep forgetting to do. And last year I did it because I was just walking around town. I walked by my CVS and I'm just like, fuck it. I'm walking by the CVS. Let me do it. I don't walk by a pharmacy anymore. So I find it inconvenient. You know what else is inconvenient? No, I have no clue what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> good so um <laughs> as long as i don't get sick we will have one more episode next week and laura will we'll be doing a couple of special events in that final episode yeah uh namely the yearly secret santa exchange this has always been a lot of fun on the show because we assign each other secret santas it's all anonymous and then we open the presents live on the air and try to guess who bought who what um and you might notice that the way i described it sounds like we're going to be on video that's because we are going to be on video so you can tune in for our season finale live next week pam surprise we're going to be on video i was going to say i'm glad you mentioned this now because (laughs) i will not show up in my pajamas (laughs) well you can wear pajama bottoms that's what i usually do i dress up from the waist up and then mm. I'm and then either you're naked from the waist down. You're like Winnie the Poohing it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I wear undies. That would but that would be a fun <laughs> twist. We all just we're only wearing tops. <laughs> Guess who doesn't have pants on? <laughs> yeah. Who seems loosest during today's recording? <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew, where and when can listeners expect 
to tune into this live stream. Well, so we do record on Monday night, so it will probably be Monday night, and it will be exclusively over at patreon.com slash millennial. If you can't join us live, that's okay. You can watch it in the instant replay. Uh as soon as we finish recording, it'll be available. So you can tune in at a later time. But we would love if you joined us live because you can participate in uh, the chat as we are recording. By the way, Griffin, who was listening live today, he said, I mean, I trust humans even less than autopilot. Getting back to our plane discussion. Who do you two trust more, humans or autopilot? I don't know. There's there's way too much error in both. Yeah, there's benefits to both. Yeah. Well, I trust humans more. <laughs> I have a solid answer. <laughs> well, and speaking of something else to get people hyped up about our holiday episode, we will be announcing a special gift for our patrons. I'm trying to think what this is, and I honestly have no clue. You do, because <laughs> we've talked about it. I'm tra- <laughs> What am I forgetting? I can't. I'm sure it's great. I just I can't remember what it is. Text it. It to is going to be great. It's going to make millennial great again. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. And <laughs> and as always, when we go into new seasons, as much as I hate seasons, uh, we do plan new things each year. So we'll be working over our two week break to um, figure out some new Patreon benefits and new elements of the show and all of that. Um, we would love your support again over at patreon.com slash millennial. One of our flagship benefits over there is After Dark. And today in After Dark, we're going to be talking about Christmas, Hanukkah, holiday etiquette. And we're also going to be talking about holiday firsts. And mm-hmm. reading through today's show, Doc, it reminded me of a, a probably my most embarrassing Christmas moment. And it was only back in 2011. And it was it was awful. And I don't think I've ever told this story on the show before. So I'll tell that story. and. It's uh, going to bring back some weird memories, oh. but oh, well. Yeah. Patreon exclusive. Yeah. Just opening my heart up yet again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you to everybody who supports us. It does keep the show going. It keeps us with the roofs over our heads. So we appreciate that a lot. <laughs> Helps us pay our student loans. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Our closing song this week is a parody of Baby It's Cold Outside based off of the discussion that we had about that song in last week's episode of After Dark. Oh, fantastic. I've been listening to that new Baby It's Cold Outside. Who's that by? Michael Buble? Oh, and Adina Menzel? Yes. Yes. It's fine. I like the original more, though. Yeah. (laughs) In a non-creepy way. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, you're free to go. I've got to go away. Understood no means no. This evening has been super appropriate. But I do understand consent. My mother will start to worry. Definitely text her right and now. will be pacing the floor. Here's the code and there is the so door. So really I better scurry. I am going to stand over now here. Maybe just a half a drink you more. You are in control of this the thing. The neighbors might think. Invite them over if you like. Say what's in this drink. Um, nothing but Sprite. I wish I knew how just walk right out to the door. break the spell. I do know how to spell. Harassment. I hear you loud 
nothing At here. Least I'm gonna say that I- that's funny. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nothing but Sprite. <laughs> <laughs>